0: Hello and welcome to another episode of CryptoCast. Today I'm delighted to be joined by Corey Dixon at Martian Premier League. Corey is the founder of Martian Premier League, which is a new football game that uses NFTs. Hi Corey, it's great to have you on.
1: Uh, Hey James, well thank you so much for inviting me, it's an absolute pleasure to be here.
0: So just in terms of sort of, first question really, is kind of what caused you to go into NFTs and video gaming um, to start with?
1: Uh, yeah, yeah. What a, what a great question. Um, the sort of genesis of, of that was really a collection of the the team that um, sort of founded the project that I'm involved with coming together from a background in uh, media at places like Warner Brothers and Harry Potter um, and sort of traditional crypto you know, people, developers who'd worked on things like USDC and so forth. And, and I think, you know, we all saw the, the challenges with intellectual property rights Ownership of things and I think you know for some of my kind of fellow um, compatriots seeing various various um, Spider-Man films or whatever it might have been not get made due to arguments over rights was it was a real pushing point to think about how we could maybe do something better that better serves the fans and I think as we kind of came together I think what we saw was a You know, what I think is a very early stage of the way that blockchain technology can be used with NFTs uh, in order to create sort of true centers of ownership um, over digital assets in a way that was um, not possible um, prior to this. And I think for me, it's particularly important because we know that in the video game industry in particular, um, we've seen increasing movement due to lots of good reasons um from moving away from you know you pay 50 60 pounds for a game but now you're paying 50 60 pounds for a game and then there's a whole bunch of kind of cosmetic microtransactions and so forth as developers seek ways to uh, augment their revenue streams but for some reason the players that are forking out this money don't have any meaningful ownership over those assets um and i think for me, the, the the amalgamation of video gaming gives, A, that sense of ownership back to the player, and I think more rightly uh, distributes value better between um, creator, consumer, and company uh, in a way that I think is more equitable.
0: That's really interesting. And I think one of the things we'd be good to hear a bit more about as well is this concept which we're to see in video games in terms of play to earn, and it'd be good to kind of to see you now, how explain first, what play to earn is, and what role you see it having, and more broadly, how you've used NFTs in, in relation to the Premier League, and and how you see it all fitting together.
1: Yeah, of course. Well, well, play to earn was a concept that probably was coined on the back of Axie Infinity, which is one of the the most famous sort of play to earn games. Um, and for those listening that are familiar or not familiar, it went through an almighty crash, so we say. And those games were effectively on the promise that, you know, you could earn the the native crypto token of the game by playing um, and then that token be, be tradable for real money. Um, and therefore you could earn a living, um, you know, off the basis of kind of playing a video game. And I think when you sort of say it out loud like that, you quite quickly realize that is obviously not going to be the case in any meaningful sense of the term. Um, you know quite quickly you start to unravel that term and what you realize is that um, in essence it was based on nothing nothing but Ponzonomics is how I would describe it um, where you required an ever exponential increase in new user base in order to sustain the token price um, in order to sustain um, everybody making money out the game and actually infinity and in that kind of play to earn model quite quickly um, as that user base started to slow in growth and um, you know quite quickly couldn't sustain um, the token price and you know what was maybe trading at um you know maybe kind of 50 pence a token before was quite quickly trading at sort of one pence and in quite quickly it was not no longer worthwhile and um, to earn from the game in that sense so so i think in some sense play to earn has started its life as in a very negative way because you know Axie Infinity and others they're not the only one have engaged in this kind of you know almost Ponzi like scheme and, and I don't think it was necessarily malicious but it was a a bit of a lack of understanding of how these token economies can work. I think that for us um, in, in some sense it's a great lesson to come after those um, players because I think you have to think about two things with NFTs and, and videos. One is NFTs give a sense of true ownership over what you have, and if you don't want it anymore, you can sell it. That doesn't necessarily mean that it's going to be really valuable to somebody, but at least there is a market value that is achievable for something. And it's not all just profit extracted solely for the company in the system. Um, but in relation to tokens and the, our, our particular game does have tokens, um, we have a utility and governance token. And. Um, it, it, it's critical for us that you can't, that the game is not designed to be able to earn an income from playing it. Um, It is designed that you might get some token rewards that you use in game to activate certain things. Maybe they're cosmetics, maybe they're um, a new talent that unlocks for your player. But at the heart, you have to create a game that is fun independently of any earning element. And because if it's not fun independently, then you don't have consumers of your game or you have as investors. And eventually the investors dry up because you need a kind of cycle of new money coming in. So for us, what we see is one, we believe in digital asset ownership, of course. But we also think that, you know, the the, the token side of things that might be associated with the game um, is really just a nice little boost for somebody that's already enjoying the game uh, independently. Um, in and of themselves, and I and I think that's where a lot of games have gone wrong is that they have focused on earning, not fun. Um, you know, I think the future will be, you know, blockchain NFT um, integrated into games that people are already playing with no no reward now, and um, but but maybe sharing that reward a bit more equitably between um sort of creators and consumers. That's very
0: interesting. Actually, one one of the things which is in terms of the way you talk is it's very much kind of, you know, it's, of course, kind of a video game approach with video game type concerns being at the forefront. And I think one of the interesting things we're seeing at the moment is when you take a step back, there's a global regulatory shift towards greater regulation of crypto assets generally. And the sorts of regulators and the sorts of frameworks which are being applied across have their genesis and more kind of traditional security type frameworks, rather than growing up in the kind of more video game type world. What's been your experience in terms of um, how kind of new regulations are coming in and the interaction with things like video games that use NFTs? Do you find it, it works, or do you think that things need to um, change specifically for video games and recognise the fact that you know that there's a world of difference between video games and investment products?
1: Yeah, yeah. What a what a what a fantastic question. And in in some sense, I think regulators probably don't even understand this part of the market yet. I think they mostly are, you know, getting concerned over some of the collapses we've seen in UST on, on Luna and so forth, and and um, the sort of just general cryptocurrency. Never mind how crypto is being used in a variety of uh, novel ways elsewhere. Um, I, I you know I'm always in two minds when I sort of think about regulation here because on the one hand, um. You know that the amount of regulation and you know what was ultimately starting a small business and um, to get that over the line you know was kind of the reason that we obviously used you James uh, as our lawyer uh, in terms of doing this uh, and you know I would have preferred maybe not to have had to go through that kind of process uh, and probably almost certainly wouldn't have had to go through that process if I was running any other small business. Um, so in some sense it, it's sort of slightly ironic Um that we hear our Chancellor talk about this being, you know, wanting to be a crypto friendly nation, but, um, you know, you need quite extensive uh, legal support, you know, just to kind of set up a business and kind of operate. Uh, indeed, actually having to structure it outside of the UK in order to make it a success. So uh, on the one hand, I sort of sit there and get even more worried if regulators are thinking about increasing regulation. But on the other side, now you know I, I I sort of understand where the regulator comes from. You know, you you do want to protect consumers in some fashion from some of these losses, um, and but it doesn't seem to me that some of the securities tests that they might apply, which we obviously see for things like stocks and shares and and so forth, that require, um, you know, quite stringent anti money laundering, quite stringent and uh, and uh, know your customer information. You know what one are really feasible and um, to do, but but also sort of goes against the entire ethos of what what I think some of crypto is founded on, which is you know in one hand is a serverless architecture that doesn't require third parties intermediating, and it's part of the reason it's one of the most efficient ways to say send payments in the world anywhere and um, significantly cheaper than going through banks for the most part, especially if it's cross border. So, so I think what I think about that regulation, I think what, what I worry about most is that we have a set of regulators who I don't really think are necessarily kind of crypto native and that, you know, could be quite knee jerk regulatory reaction to a lot of this that actually has quite negative consequences in places like the UK is being a, a place where you want to you know develop kind of crypto startups that are um, you know, one I, I would say is kind of fueling some level of entrepreneurialism, but also utilising uh, blockchain technology of which crypto tokens become associated in ways that really is changing um, you know, quite a lot of what goes on the what you know, kind of goes on um, you know, day to day and kind of innovation. So so I think it's a really difficult one and um, it's almost certain in my mind that regulation will come to pass, and it almost certainly will go too far. Um, is that that is that is the kind of way regulators tend to operate, in my experience?
0: And lastly, just kind of as, I know it's always asking a crystal ball, crystal ball moment, always an unfair question. But you know, how do you see the future video games evolving? I mean, I think you you talked really interesting about how um, we started with play to earn and now moving towards nfts be more about ownership and and new ideas do you see that do you think we've kind of reached the peak or do you think we're going to see a a lot more evolution moving forwards
1: so i i do think we're going to see a lot more evolution i mean particularly in video games there is a large backlash heavily supported by the sort of video game press um against nfts And, and a lot of that is driven with some fairness of things like Axie Infinity, which, you know, I think really did leave uh, lots of people sort of um, with a pretty bitter taste in their mouths, as well as some other games that I think are, you know, um, just quite exploitative uh, in terms of that model. Um, But I I think it's important that you can't sort of think just about that period over the last sort of one year that's gone on. I think, you know, looking five years forward, I think the question you have to ask yourselves is, is it reasonable? Um, And just to give a direct example, that I spend $20 on my Fortnite skin, that I don't own it in any meaningful way, Um, because you certainly wouldn't think that about a, um, you know, a physical outfit, for example, right? That is yours. You can do whatever you want with it. If you don't like it, you can sell it on Depop. You can sell it on um, eBay, whatever it might be. But for some reason in digital assets, they don't want to confer ownership in any any way and i mean ownership in the sense of not just you using it but your ability to transfer it um and i think that quite you know quite clearly i think there is a that sense of digitization and the importance of digital items is changing quite rapidly and if you sort of look through gen z um you know kind of spend spend on digital is huge um you know most a lot of their lives live digitally in a way that ours were weren't you know there's been billions of hours spent on Roblox and all the various other um, sort of digital metaverses. And I think you'd be a fool to bet against the further digitization of our lives. And therefore, I think there is going to be increasing consumer demand and expectation that digital assets are ownable if you buy them um within a kind of ecosystem and and that really is where the sort of power of kind of blockchain technology um comes in here i think james which is you know the ability to give a sort of true sense of ownership you know on the distributed ledger as an nft that is uh, yours to keep forever to sell to pass to a friend whatever it might be um you know in the future i think that the use of tokens i think um you know will will become important um in you know it's but i think it's also important to say that it's not new um world of warcraft when it you know in which is still still going with millions of players you know their in-game token is gold that is the token that you can buy things with when that game started there was just an illicit set of gold mining going on and people buying and selling gold on dodgy third party websites with net with you know, having to trust that someone will really send you it when you send them the money, et cetera, et cetera. Um, so, you know, the, the idea that digital currencies and games don't have real world value is just false at the start. At the very least, by utilizing kind of crypto tokens, which is just the equivalent of the digital gold of World of Warcraft, then I think, you know, we should, we can make environments where, one, you're not having to rely on a kind of slightly Shady network you can conduct trustless transactions on the blockchain uh, in order to kind of you know value that uh, and and I think that is the right way for developers to go I think they will go that way I think they will need to think more carefully therefore about their economies um, you know they're effectively running very small nation states these economies where you've got millions of players running around in order to manage that and be careful uh, but but I you know I, I think that moving that into uh, out of the shadows and sort of into just the way games are integrated, you know, I think is going to be increasingly important. Um, and, and you know, games are going to need to balance to make sure it's not play to win, uh, pay to win, um, which is a challenge games face even now with microtransactions. Anyway, um, so for me, this is all um, something that is blockchain, blockchain technology, and obviously then the stuff that pings on top of it, cryptocurrency, NFTs, uh, is really just given the architecture to uh do something that i think actually gamers want um but i think we're just waiting on some of the big name studios to integrate it and then it will become quite accepted and you know i think in five years time if we're speaking james um it'll be a, it'll be pretty standard in most games
0: i think that that's really interesting so we've got time for if anyone listening wants to reach out to Koi, his email address is Koi corey, c-o-r-e-y at MartianPremierLeague.com. Corey, thank you for coming on. It's been absolutely fascinating. That's great. Thank you very much, James. Thank you for listening to our latest podcast. Gunnar has a market leading blockchain, crypto assets, and DeFi team, providing legal advice across the whole of the blockchain ecosystem. Our members have been heavily involved in helping shape the legal and regulatory framework for blockchain and crypto assets from the start meaning that we have an intuitive understanding of our clients' needs and can provide focused, pragmatic advice at predictable cost. For more information, please visit our website. Thank you again.